0: Did you know that approximately one in three people in the United States between the ages of 65 and 74 has hearing loss? And that number jumps to nearly one in two for those older than 75. Hi, I'm Liz Craven and this is the Sage Aging Podcast. Now, before I introduce today's guest, I have a quick favor to ask. If you find our content generally helpful, would you mind please hitting that subscribe button Maybe leave us a comment and share the podcast with someone you care about. Your comments and shares are so much appreciated and they really help us to shape our future episodes by bringing you the content that matters the most to you. Joining me for this episode today is Dr. Tanya Lalonde. She's a doctor of audiology at Central Florida Speech and Hearing Center. We're going to pick her brain today to learn more about hearing loss and hearing aids, from the types of hearing loss that require them to when you should get them and how much you should be paying for them. Dr. Lalonde, welcome to Sage Aging Podcast. Thanks so much for joining me.
1: Well, thank you so much for having us. It is our pleasure to talk about this very, very important topic with our seniors, about our seniors, for our seniors' benefit.
0: Absolutely. And we did have Roxanne on the show not too long ago. It was about a year ago now that she came on, and Mm -hmm. we did talk about hearing loss issues then. But this is a topic that we really can't talk about too much because though it seems like a small thing, and it seems like something that you just worry about later. Truly, it's something that affects people of all ages and can have very negative impact later on. So I'm really glad that we're talking about this again today. And at the top of the show, I shared a couple of stats that might have been a little bit surprising for some people. So let's start by going over the different types of hearing loss that one might experience. Okay,
1: we talk about, as audiologists, um, which are doctors of audiology, we're hearing professionals, we talk about three different types of hearing loss. There is a type where there is a misfiring of little hairs, hair cells in the inner ear, but there's no visible hearing loss on a hearing test but they're still having extra sounds that are not supposed to be there and that is called tinnitus or tinnitus and that is a type of hearing loss. We do talk about that, um, but the hearing loss doesn't um, show up on a hearing test as a visible hearing loss. Okay, that's one type, extra sounds. The second type is a conductive type of a hearing loss where it is largely in the lower pitches And it's largely having to do with something going on in the middle part of the ear. Um, In the middle part of the ear, you can get things like infections, sinus infections. You can get arthritis actually in the tiny little, between those tiny bones in the middle ear. So there's different things that can go wrong that cause a conductive hearing loss. And most of those are medically treatable. So, when we do a comprehensive hearing test, we tell you exactly who you should go to for that hearing help. Okay, because sometimes it's a medical issue. Um, the third type is the most common it's a sensory neural hearing loss. And for older adults um, or people who've been exposed to a lot of loud noises, that generally is fixed in the higher pitches doesn't have to always be in the high pitches, but it's most common that it is. And that's where the clarity of speech is. And the only help for that kind of a hearing loss is hearing aids, to bring the sound back that you're needing to hear. And that will give the clarity back. Um, people who have this type of a hearing loss will say, I can hear, but I can't understand. If people just spoke clearer, it just sounds like they're mumbling all the time. Um, That's the type of complaints we get with somebody with this type of a hearing loss.
0: It's so interesting. I bet a lot of people's ears perked up when you said the ringing in the ears and described it as a type of hearing loss because a lot of us experience that, but certainly... If someone were to ask us, do you have hearing loss? We would say no. So talk a little bit more about that because I know a lot of people of all ages suffer from that. Is there a way to treat that or to make improvement in that? What can people do and should they be visiting a hearing specialist like you if they're experiencing that?
1: Yes, and that's where you would go. Um, yes, there is help. There is hope for people who have the ringing in their ears that's bothersome with or without a hearing loss associated with it. And definitely we have help available. Um, technology has come a long way. And what the first thing we do is do a comprehensive hearing test to find out if there's a hearing loss with it or not. Um, There's also a specialized test we can do just of those tiny little hairs that are involved in the tinnitus. And we can see how many of those are damaged, what is going on inside. And that way we can make sure that we're treating the right thing. Right. Um, And then when we do that treatment, there's something called tinnitus retraining therapy um, for people who do not have a hearing loss or people who do have a hearing loss and are in that 15% bracket where hearing aids don't help with the tinnitus. And that's only 15%. If a hearing loss is available, we treat the hearing loss with the hearing aids. And there is sound therapy to help with the tinnitus, to help manage it and reduce its impact in your life. So it is a management program.
0: That's really encouraging to hear. I, for one, do suffer from that, Um, not to the degree that it's disruptive of my life, but over the Mm -hmm. years, it's just been something that's always been there. And I've always thought, oh, well, you know, you just live with that. You learn to live with it and and that's what it is. But perhaps I need to come see you. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, perhaps we can start with an evaluation. You need to establish a baseline for your hearing anyway. Right. The American Physicians Association recommends annual hearing tests for everyone, especially once you're over the age of 65 every year. Um, up until then, you can at least get a baseline when you still consider your hearing normal and that way, you have something to compare it to later,
0: right? You know, that's a really great point. And I, you know, we we go to the dentist and have our teeth cleaned every year. We go to our primary care physician and we have um, a physical done. Some of us go and get our vision tested annually. I would say that that's probably um, similar to hearing that a lot of people kind of put it on the back burner until they're experiencing something that they perceived to be serious, Um, but we often don't think about our hearing as something we need to pay attention to annually. So you mentioned annually at 65, but at what age should individuals begin to establish a relationship with someone like you?
1: What we recommend, we recommend that when your hearing is still normal, anytime before the age of 50, you come and just get a baseline and then once you're 50 if you have it checked every other year or when you notice a definite change Um, that way you're keeping on top of monitoring your hearing health and the monitoring is very important and keeping on top of it is important because of the tie to cognitive functionality between hearing and cognitive functionality there is a very 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 close relationship and connection there hearing is a huge part of your brain's work there's a very large portion of the brain that is dedicated for hearing only Um, so when we have a deficit in the hearing it very quickly reveals itself as a deficit in your cognitive ability you will see cognitive decline in an untreated hearing loss it's a very very tight, close connection there between those two, um, and so we recommend keeping on top of it so you don't end up with any decline if you can help it, um, because we want to keep our mind functioning as long and as strong as we can to have the greatest life, and we want to have that health and that happiness available of communicating. That's such a vital role in our social, in our social lives and social well-being and we are made to be social creatures and so if you don't have that ability to communicate well you're going to start having some degeneration of the cognitive function
0: that's a great point and there have been so many incredible studies happening over the last number of years probably five or six years that i've seen um, that are illustrating that exact point so thank you for bringing that up and i think you know that that leads to, I guess, the, the statement of most importance is that we have to start paying attention to it and we have to make sure that yes. we work on the preventive end before we allow things to get too far out of order. Um, I, I just think Absolutely. that human nature—we ignore a lot of things that we probably should pay closer attention to, and and maybe we even know it, but we just don't take it seriously. So here you go, everybody. Here's your sign. <laughs> go get your hearing tested, <laughs> and make sure you're paying attention yes. to that. But let's go back to um, you mentioned the third type of hearing loss that you mentioned. You said is the most common. Let's talk about mm-hmm. that and. And maybe some of the signs that might present before someone decides to come and see you.
1: Okay, what we'll get is a lot of people that come in, and they'll say, um, "My husband wanted me to come get tested. My sister uh-huh. told me I needed to come get tested." <laughs> so, what a a very common pattern is that the people closest to you see it before you do
0: (laughs) that makes totally complete sense to me
1: (laughs) (laughs) because we're just in the habit of if we don't hear it say what was that you know it's a habit we don't stop and think why am i asking people to repeat so often you know we just don't put those two together naturally We're generally more reactionary than we are proactive with our health in honesty. And so um, what we'll see most is spouses complaints, friends complaints, neighbors complaints. My neighbor said I had to come in here. She keeps nagging me (laughs) and stuff like that. You'll see. But that's a good neighbor. (laughs) Yeah, that is a good neighbor. You have We have a lot of good neighbors in the senior communities and stuff like that that's really helpful. Um, but the, the biggest complaint we'll see in the patients when we start asking questions. Are you having difficulty hearing when it's noisy? That's a big one. That's a big red flag that something is amiss. When the noise comes around, for normal people they can usually handle a little bit of the understanding in the noise. Even if they have to raise their voice a little bit, that's normal. But to not hear anything in there or not be able to take any information away other than the noise, it's a little problematic. That's kind of a good sign that you need to come and get checked out. Um, The other thing is if it sounds like everybody's mumbling, probably not everybody's mumbling. <laughs> yeah. It's probably more a matter that your clarity is not what it once was. And so that right. it's not the people that are mumbling, it's it's that I'm not hearing the high pitches enough to tell what they're saying and I'm hearing all the low pitches so they end up all sounding like Charlie Brown adult. <laughs> 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 So, so you get a little bit of that. So we'll have complaints of clarity. I'm mixing up words, I'm mishearing things. Um, people have, people, and this is a complaint. People will try to talk to me from the other room. Or they're not, <laughs> they don't look right at me. <laughs> yeah, Or they don't look right at me when they're talking to me so I can't tell what they're saying. Well, if just not looking at your face makes you mishear, probably you're relying on reading their lips a little bit more than you think. Mm -hmm. See, so there's a good point. Yes. So those are the things you look at. Yeah, it's this warning signs. Am I having a lot of trouble in noise? Am I having difficulty hearing whispers? Do people have to raise their voice? Do they
0: have to repeat themselves a lot? These are the questions you would ask. So now let's say we've determined we have an issue and we make an appointment, we have our hearing tested and we come up with a diagnosis and here's where we are how do you know what assistive and helpful devices to turn to at that point there are so many things available and frankly even if your loved one says i am not getting my hearing tested there's nothing wrong with me there are still some things we could probably put into place in the home that would help a little bit but ideally where would you start with someone
1: Okay, where I would start is I would ask a lot about lifestyle. Um, What do you like to do? Do you stay home all the time? And if you do stay home all the time, are you staying home because you can't enjoy the conversation and you're not hearing properly or because you really are a homebody? And I would ask these kinds of questions, lifestyle questions. If you could hear properly, would you go out more? Those kinds of things, because if somebody has a more active lifestyle, then I would steer them toward hearing aids that have the digital technology in it to help with things like background noise, help reduce that, help with feedback control, help with wind noise reduction. So if they're active, I would steer them towards hearing aids. Um, now, I would not necessarily do that for somebody who is um, bedridden or um, maybe in a hospice situation where the um, they don't want to be bothered or a dementia patient where they can't be bothered with something in their ears because they've got so much else going on. Then there are assistive technologies to help with them. Things like a pocket talker something like TV ears there's other assistive devices Um, there the pocket talker can have a microphone on it or it can have um, an overall like personal held microphone or an overall the room microphone where it picks up the noises and puts it right in their ears so for someone like that I would use a different level of technology um, and not not worry with the hearing aids, because hearing aids is a commitment. It has to be somebody proactively working towards improving their social health, their overall health. So they they have to be ready for them, they have to be committed, and then we would go with the hearing aids. If it's something with tinnitus and no hearing loss, we would do a masker, which is a, it's not a masker so much, it's like a sound therapy that works like a masker in a similar vein, but a little bit better than a masker. It's more of a management technique tool.
0: And And is that um, something they wear all the time, like a hearing aid? They would wear
1: it um, much of the day for like eight hours a day. Um, And it would cover that certain pitch that the tinnitus is at. So we would find out what pitch that is. And then we would cover it with the sound that they choose that they like to listen to. Um, Some people Mm -hmm. it's chime, some people it's music, some people it's um, white noise. Everybody has a different preference. And then after a while that is turned down. So in a couple weeks we turn it down a little and eventually it's down to where it's off and no longer needed. And they have reacclimated to that um, the tinnitus by the way never does go away mm-hmm. but you stop perceiving it right so what we're doing is tricking the mind
0: that is just it's fascinating. fascinating all of this is fascinating yes. the ear is a fascinating thing it's much more complex
1: than people think yes most <laughs>
0: definitely and and frankly I don't know why we don't think about our hearing more because it affects everything that we do. It's kind of like taste and you know all of our senses. When you're without one of them, you realize how important it is and how much you really use it in your everyday life. But um, hearing is vital because it's what it'll it's what allows us to communicate with other people.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, and we notice. Um, there is that um, cognitive decline happens with a lack of stimulation in the hearing. It also happens with a lack of social um, socializing. So when people, it, which is kind of a double whammy because when you don't hear very well, you start to withdraw because you don't get enough out of the situation, you're frustrated and stuff like that. So when you have that socialization, that is a way also to improve your cognitive functionality. So I even tell seniors another way to be proactive about your mental health is to socialize, get in groups, go to so, um, community centers, play games with people, do puzzles together, not just by yourself do puzzles and things that that are fun together, because those kinds of things are what we need for our brain to keep processing the way it used to when we were little and socializing all the time. When you're younger, you do it through work, through school. And when you're older, you tend to not do it. And that's when you still need to keep doing it to keep those neurons talking.
0: Right, it's probably even more important as we age than it was in the middle stages of our life. You know, It's when we're kids, it's so important for development. And then we get to that middle stage of life where we're working and we're doing our thing, we're raising our kids. Um, But as soon as those kids go off to college and move on and they're out on their own and you become an empty nester, the social engagement starts to get important. But as you age further, and other things Mm -hmm. start to happen in your life and you become less mobile and less able-bodied that is when I think that engagement is vital for people Mm -hmm. and unfortunately a lot of people suffer from the lack of that in their life but um, hopefully Mm -hmm. we can make a difference by continuing to say that out loud Yes.
1: Yes. Education is the is the key, mm-hmm. and that's why I go into senior community groups and senior facilities, um, nursing homes, and I teach and train about this stuff. Because if you can prevent a problem, then you're you're much more likely to be better at cause at um, curing it. So yep. you want to prevent the issue to begin with, and education is the key. So. All of us, wherever we are in dealing with the senior population, we all need to push getting together. Let's Mm -hmm. do stuff together. Yeah, it's very important.
0: And not just with people their own age, but people of all ages. The intergenerational connections are incredible for everyone involved. There's the older adults who have all this amazing life and work experience and have so many lessons Mm -hmm. just sitting there waiting to be shared. Um, And our youth can really benefit from that, from mentorship or maybe the reading programs. I know there are a lot of reading programs within the schools where older adults can go in and read to the kids. And I love seeing things like that and think that, at each point, every person involved in those engagements is getting something that's very specific to them that they need and that is beneficial for them. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, let's turn our attention real quick because I know that this is something that anyone who's listening is thinking, okay, great. I, I probably could use a hearing aid. I probably could use an assistive device or treatment of some kind, but I can't afford it. So, Let's Mm -hmm. talk about the dollars and cents for paying attention to your hearing.
1: Okay, Um, now, a lot of the money involved is gonna depend on where you go. And what I would recommend is that you go to an audiologist. You go to an audiologist, which is a a specialist in hearing and balance. That's what an audiologist is. We all have a doctorate. We have a lot of education behind us. We have the medical knowledge that's needed to make these decisions. Once an audiologist knows that you need um, a hearing aid, for instance, if we go with the hearing aids, what we would do is file it with your insurance. We would call the insurance company and find out what the hearing aid benefit is. Once you know what the hearing aid benefit is, and we have people in our office that call, um, once you know what the hearing aid benefit is, then that arms you with the the discount that you will get, or um, some of them pay the full price of the hearing aids. So a lot of what insurance you have will determine how much you end up having to pay out of pocket. But in general, our prices vary between 3000 and 6800 and that is our top of the line, top, top, top. If anyone charges more than that, um, then go somewhere else. Say no. Right. You have that right. right. You don't have to be strong-armed into anything, and you should get two or three opinions. It's like anything else. Um, but go where it's covered by insurance, which is usually an audiologist. Go where the price is not going to be more than 6800 because that's they are expensive devices. There's no doubt about it. But you shouldn't pay more than you have to. And that's our highest price. And that's because we're a nonprofit organization. We only charge what is necessary for us to keep the doors open and pay for the products. Right. So... That's what we focus on. Um, so don't be taking advantage of. Um, there are unreputable um, people in every profession. There are Absolutely. great people in every profession. You know now the price range between three and 6,800. That should be your price range. If anyone is way above that, think about another solution. Um, so now that you know you're armed with that number, then you can make the decision whether you want to go with this person, whether you want to go to this person, okay? But go where your insurance helps cover it because any help we get is going to be great. Right. And then we have other, um, as a nonprofit, we accept a lot of people that A lot of insurances that most other people don't so you have to go with that
0: right so where would one look to find a reputable audiologist because there you can if you look on TV any day of the week you'll see five or six commercials that are saying hey come come see us for your hearing issues and that's a lot to decipher you know in in a few seconds on Mm -hmm. TV it might sound good and look good but what what are they really going to walk into and how do we know that they're looking at a reputable organization? Right.
1: The first, the first thing I would do is say, is ask the question when you call to make an appointment, if you're thinking about a place, say, is there an audiologist that works there? Do you have an audiologist? Um, no we have a hearing instrument specialist we have a hearing aid dispenser um, then that's probably not going to be your best fit um, because they will not give you the medical side of it um, plus only some of them accept insurance some of them mm. do um, some are great um, but Right. I really want you to have that medical evaluation first and foremost because you don't want to treat the wrong thing. And if somebody right. ever says you now you don't need a, you don't need a hearing, you don't need a medical evaluation. you don't need a full audiogram. you just need your hearing tested. Steer yourself somewhere else um, because they're right. not telling you what's best for you. They're telling you what's best for them because mm-hmm. a reputable place is going to say, I'd like you to get medically checked out first before you come here. Once you get that check out, you can go wherever you want with that information, but you will know for sure, oh, this could have been medically treatable. I could have had, mm-hmm. I could have had some medication that helped with this. I could have had a surgical intervention It would have taken care of it. And you will know for sure that that's the case or not, see? And so that's one of the things you can do is say, is there an audiologist that works there? Because we have the training, we have to sign a code of ethics, we have to take classes every year to keep on top of everything. Um, So that would be the number one thing that I would do is go to an audiologist.
0: That's really, really good advice. I mean, honestly, when you're having any kind of medical um checkups appointments treatments of any kind i kind of want the person who specializes you know in anything that i'm having done yes
1: absolutely absolutely yeah you wouldn't go into like if you've never had an eye test before you wouldn't Mm -hmm. just walk up to a counter and grab a pair of glasses that they're selling on the street because you don't even know what your prescription is. you could make your your vision worse. right. So you don't want to take that risk with your health. Go mm-hmm. and get the information. it's the hearing test is always covered by your insurance. So go in and get that comprehensive hearing evaluation. and then you will know where to go from there, right.
0: Right. And it is all individual. And that's the importance of going and getting your checkup. Well, yes. good advice. Good advice. Yes. So, uh, as it relates to the home devices, are there specific ones? For instance, you know, I'm thinking of the people who have a loved one who is just stubborn and says, I am not going to get my ears checked. Um, I'm just fine. I don't need that. I know there are devices like um, amplified phones. But are there certain things that you recommend to kind of bridge the gap um, until they can convince their loved one to get checked?
1: Yes. Um, what What you can do um, for the TV, you can do the TV ears, or you can put additional speakers um, around you, like a surround sound kind of a thing. You're going to get they're going to get more from that. As far as talking to other people. Um, you can do things like look them in the eye, look right at them, come, come into the room where they are and look them in the eye when you talk to them because they're going to be able to participate in that conversation better that way. If you have, because if their hearing is bad and especially if they're being stubborn about it, they're actually reading lips without realizing it. Um, so if you come into the room talk to them face to face that's going to be beneficial um if you can throw your voice and some people are better at this than others if you throw your voice into a lower register and talk to them lower which is kind of funny but it works because most <laughs> of the hearing losses in the high pitches so they'll be like they'll say things like i can understand when your brother talks to me but when you talk to me it's It's, I can't understand you. It's because the low pitches are easier for them to understand. So if you can throw your voice, that was gonna help them be a part of the conversation. Um, The pocket talker, I recommend more for people who still will wear something because you still have to admit you have a hearing loss for that even. Right. You know. So there's, there's limitation you can do against someone's will, <laughs> but these <laughs>
0: strategies are going
1: to help. <laughs> they still have to be involved in it.
0: <laughs> they Hopefully they come around and see the light at some point, but um, yeah, yes. maybe make life a little bit easier. Those are really great tips. Well, can you think of anything yes. that we didn't cover that we should have as it relates to hearing loss in general?
1: Yes, I want to mention over the counter hearing aids because that has become a huge deal because the FDA authorized the sale of those. Um, So, what I usually say about them is it's the difference, um, if you think of the vision example again, it's the difference between going and grabbing something off the shelf. At your local pharmacy, they have those little glasses and putting them on as opposed to, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) as opposed to getting a prescription from and getting a good quality pair of glasses that are exactly what you need. Okay, right. That's kind of the same difference between over the counter versus the professional hearing aids. Um, The over the counter Mm -hmm. hearing aids. Um, are the ones they sell at um, Sam's Club, Costco, Walmart. Um, you can see them on a lot of shelves. You can see them in catalogs online. Um, those over-the-counter ones, number one, don't need a prescription. Sometimes they even do a, hear- a faux hearing test on the computer. Oh. There's nothing calibrated. <laughs> yeah, it's insane, it's insane. Um, they'll not need medical clearance. Not a medical evaluation. So, if sometimes people will get them and will they'll come into into our center and we're like, "Well, your ears are impacted with wax," so because right. oh. they're like, "I tried over the counter <laughs> hearing aids," and because they'd never had an evaluation, see, it might just be right. wax in your ears, and we can remove that. That is too, so by
0: true. <laughs> but
1: Yeah, but. You know get treated for the right thing for heaven's sakes so over the over-the-counters they don't require the medical treatment or the medical evaluation they're not custom-fitted they kind of go by a one's all one-size-fits-all mentality which is never true because everybody's ear canal is shaped and configured differently we're all different people we have all different sizes and shapes of ear canals so these things are important. They don't have the sound quality, the filters for noise. They don't have filters for feedback. And the feedback gets rid of the high pitches. So if, the, if there's no dip, um, feedback filter, the high pitches are not going to be very loud at all. And that's mostly what people need. Right. So I don't think that people in general are happy with them unless they... Already have medical evaluation and their hearing loss is small Then you can get away with with that. It's not going to sound good, but you can get away with it Um, But Mm -hmm. for the most part Go to a professional get professional grade plus the -the over-the-counters are not covered by insurance either So your insurance won't help you out so for the same price with the insurance help you can get something of significantly greater quality and what you actually need not too little not too much that's well, that, that makes be a be lot of te- sense take away yeah 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 and, I would um,
0: think if you go the wrong direction and you pick something over-the-counter up but it's the wrong thing it's not the type of hearing loss that you have if you've got a stubborn person, that's going to be their told-you-so. <laughs> I told yeah. you this wasn't going to help me, and I'm done, and there's probably no chance of right. taking it to that next level. Probably better off to just go and get a real evaluation, a medical evaluation to begin with. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And that's
1: that's the biggest takeaway. Go to an audiologist. Get A full medical evaluation and then go from there they will tell you options they will even put devices on you to demo so you can hear what it will sound like before you decide to proceed Um, and that's very important and if people aren't willing to do that go somewhere else
0: right And that's, I think that's my biggest takeaway is the difference between an audiologist going to see an audiologist and going to a dispensary. You know, they all kind Mm -hmm. of on the outside seem, oh, well, they do hearing aids. They'll help me with my hearing. You know, that's the, that's the goal of each of those places, but you're really getting apples versus oranges. Right.
1: Yes. It's like, I, I talked about this in class today. I just did a class on this today. Um, and it's like the difference between the cheap speakers that we used to have in our cars. And then you go yeah. into Best Buy and you hear the high fidelity quality and you hear that difference. That's actually the difference of sound. And that's just yeah. the sound. That's not even all the digital filters and things that are there. So it's really apples and oranges, like you said, and you're absolutely right about that because it's just going to be much better. And having exactly what you need, the, the precise prescription, instead of too much of this or too much of that, um, it's just going to make you so much happier. Right. And then you'll wear them, and the longer you wear them, the more it will improve your cognitive functionality, so your cognitive health. Your brain will keep working more and more. It'll become better and better over time.
0: Well, Dr. Lalonde, thank you so much for joining me today. Do you have a small bit of sage advice that you'd like to leave our listeners with?
1: Yes, be proactive with your health. Don't wait for things to happen. Go in and explore, get as much information as you can, because not only will you improve your cognitive functionality by doing the research, but you are being positive in your life to help yourself, to become knowledgeable, to prevent decline. You are going to be happier and more joyful, and the more social you get, the better that will get also. So be proactive, get the help, establish a baseline, go see an audiologist, but also just get active in general. Be a part of games, have a game night, host it at your house, have it potluck so you don't have to bring a thing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's perfect. (laughs) That is great advice. Thank you so much. And thanks for sharing time with us today. Oh, you're very welcome. Thanks so much for having us on. I appreciate it. You're welcome back anytime. And thank all of you for tuning in. Be sure to visit us at eldercareguide.com, where you'll find a detailed blog post with the links to everything we mentioned as it relates to resources in this episode. And these references will also be available in the show notes for easy access. And if you enjoyed today's episode, we would love it if you'd stay connected with us on social media. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and pinterest and last but certainly not least your support means everything to us if you found this episode informative and helpful we would love it if you would leave us a positive review or give us a thumbs up because that helps us reach more people who may benefit from our content well that'll do it for today keep listening keep learning and stay sage